Hey, has anything in like uh, important, significant ever happened to you at Warp Tour? Like, have you ever, like, for example, like broken part <sighs> of your body or? Luke always makes fun of me because I always tell the story about how I broke my nose watching Set Your Goals at Warp Tour in 2009. Welcome to Trailblazers, the first ever podcast f- done by men. Uh, my name is Ryan Broderick. My name is Luke Bailey. We have four incredibly special guests this week. First, Kate Solderness, my dear, wonderful friend who works at Tumblr. She'll be talking to us about uh, bread making and why everyone's talking about it. We also have Cassie Cho, an incredible uh, Instagram phenom, who will be giving us an update on what the world of Zodiac memes has been like in the era of coronavirus. Apparently it's uh, not a great situation for Geminis. We also have Julia Alexander, who's come back on this week to defend the movie Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And we also have Kellen Rosenblatt, a NBC News reporter and diehard Lady Gaga stan, who's gonna be talking about what it's been like inside that fandom now that Lady Gaga's new album is going to be delayed until at least December. Hi, guys. Hi Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, if you've never listened to the show before, it'll be very confusing. Um, it comes out every Friday with the Garbage Day newsletter. Um, the format is very simple and very basic, which is Kate's is a guest, so she's going to have to go first. It's the only thing. And everyone's got a fun internet thing to talk about. And then um, that's the whole thing. So, Kate, um, what do you what do you want to talk about this week? I want to talk about bread. <laughs> I'm excited because I feel like the online bread narrative has reached a boiling point or a, a, a baking point, if you will. There, oh, thank you. Uh, you could say it's it's getting pretty steamy. It's, uh, yeah. Um, bread discourse is on the rise. It's, it, it <laughs> yes. Like yeast, it is definitely on the rise. So we need to get into it. We let's, let's fucking get into the bread discourse. Yo. So there is not a single social media platform that I am on that like someone has not slid into my DMs in the last two weeks. Like I, Love baking bread. I've been baking bread for like three, three and a half years. Uh, it's I do it like at least once a week. I love it. I I pivoted to like pure sourdough in the last two years, and I love it. It's great. I like post a lot of pictures of bread. You do. They look great. Your pictures Thank are you. great. Do you have a specific loaf of bread that you've cooked once that you think was the best loaf that you cooked? Oh yeah. What's your best Ooh. loaf? Okay. Uh, taste wise or aesthetics? Both. Both. Do one then the other. Okay, so so taste wise, they're all good. Like I, I couldn't choose. Like <laughs> honestly, it's like, I made a really. It's, it's like choosing which of your children you want to eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I like, I like throwing some caraway seeds if I'm making just like a traditional loaf. Uh, but in general, like all the bread's good. I make really good sourdough pizza now. Like Ooh. kind of thick crust, crust sourdough pizza. Um, I, mean, I made a really good pizza recently. Vegan, right? Yeah, vegan. Yeah, because mm. you know, so that's me. When people jump into your into your DMs, 
to uh, partake in your your sage and expert bread knowledge. Do they try to like warm you up first, or is it just like, yo, I'm depressed in quarantine and I want to make bread. How do I do this? Lately, so in in the past, you know, like if somebody jumped into my DMs two months ago and was like, hey, I wanna I wanna make bread, like they would generally be like, hey, sorry to bother bother you, like I love your bread pictures, like I like, do you have an intro recipe that like you, you that you would recommend? Which like cool, yes, I obviously do. Um, but in the last like couple of weeks, last two weeks, three weeks, it's been like, hey everything's awful and I can't go to the grocery <laughs> store and like, you know, my, my local grocery store is out of bread, like getting desperate. Like, can you help me? <laughs> Which is great <laughs> and sad. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how hard is it to make bread? <laughs> I know that's oh, like... oh, hang on. Okay. I, I, I can I can answer this as someone who's attempted to make bread during this lockdown. It's incredibly hard. <laughs> Luke, I wanna I wanna hear about your bread. What did you do? Let okay. me help so, you. Alright, so 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 like I don't know, like two years ago, I tried making bread. Like we had a, 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 a an airing cupboard. I don't know if you guys have those, but like an, a room where there are boiler uh, boilers in, which is like a warm room. Oh yeah, like a proofing room. Yeah, it wasn't a proofing room. But no, no, was... he's describing using a boiler room as a proofing room. <laughs> yeah, yes, which that's what I'm describing. That's fine. It's probably like warm and like maybe vaguely humid in there. It's great. That's it a was. Perfect it was perfect situation. Uh, yeah, I did a loaf. Uh, it, it rose up. It was great. Uh, and then this time around, I was like, oh, that's cool. I've still got some of the stuff for it, but I figured like. I've got time, but I also don't want to be beholden to like having to make the whole thing myself first time. So I sure. actually went out and bought I bought a bread maker, which I'm sure is like mm. some sort of crime. But I was uh, like, "Honey, no, I need to not go to the shop for it." Anyway, that didn't That's work. Fair. <laughs> it turns out you need a special sort of yeast, and I've got the wrong yeast, and uh. now I've I've only got the yeast to make real bread with. Uh, okay. But then I ran out of bread and needed bread that day, so I attempted to make soda bread, uh, and. The crust was lovely, and the inside was soggy. It was dense. It was soggy. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I I have never made soda bread, but I have helped troubleshoot loaves of bread where the crust is lovely and the inside is like not great. Um, probably you either didn't bake it long enough, or d- did you? Um, there are nuances of like what kind of flour did you use and how long did. We yeah. have an additional problem here, which I don't know if you guys are having it in the US right now, but we are out of bread supplies. Mm, yeah. Oh, no, that's happening here too. That's yeah. happening there? Okay. Yeah. I mean, we actually found out why. We, we sent a reporter to like, figure it out, and it turns out that the way that flour is made, like 97% of all flour goes to like bakeries and like factories and stuff, and then a really small percentage goes into like home baking stuff. Right, uh, and they have, but they have to like convert an entire production line over, so they just haven't been bothering because like they need to produce so much bread for everything else, uh, so they've just run out of flour. Um, but yeah, we're out of flour, so I'm using kind of half, using half strong brown flour and half plain flour. That's that, uh, yeah, that's great. That's, is that good? That's a good thing. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so strong in the UK, strong bread, fla- strong flour is what here in the US we call just bread flour. It's a higher protein. Oh, you you know like you okay. know like the breakdown between UK and US style bread baking. Yeah, because oh, wow. you got to read recipes, and a lot of these recipes like use like I only bake using weight now because uh. that's a far more accurate measure of of ingredients. Like 
looking at a recipe that says like use three cups of flour and two cups of water like that's bullshit because like flour like is dense and like it shifts and it's not an accurate like it's not an accurate measurement so like my base loaf of sourdough is uh usually around 350 grams of bread flour or strong flour if you're in the uk and then like Mm. 50 grams of whatever whole wheat flour i have on hand and then i use about 300 to it ends up being about 325 grams of water i had uh i had this is the only thing i can contribute to this conversation and it is so it is so almost not even related that i'm gonna i'm gonna hand fist my way into it just 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 to try which is that uh living in the uk i attempted to bake two things one were cakes and the other was monkey bread which if you're not familiar is like imagine bread covered in like margarine and sugar and cinnamon. oh yeah, yeah yeah like like the pull apart bread yeah and well, but, well, well, ryan i remember you trying to make cornbread once which was yeah i actually successfully made cornbread because my mom sent me the cornbread mix over you just reacted to the cornbread in a bizarre way because you're british and you don't you couldn't wrap your head around the idea that you would have a sweet cakey bread to go with barbecue, even though that's, as Kate's going to test, incredibly normal in the south it's, of America. It's, it's 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 not bread; it's cake. No, it's br- no, it's bread. It's a it's a, it's bread. Oh, cake. I don't want to do this fight with you again about cornbread. <laughs> cornbread is good. And it, and cornbread it is a, a perfect food, and it serves a purpose, which is it has to be spongy to soak up the grease in the barbecue sauce of the barbecue. It's cake. Anyways, to, to, to make a very long story short, is that the cake mix and the monkey bread, pull-apart bread mix that they sell in UK supermarkets was so vastly different that neither of the things that I was trying to make that I remembered from the US were even remotely similar. Also, UK ovens are, uh, con- what is it, convection oven? It's the fan oh, oven. Yeah. Fan oven, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll fuck you up when you're baking bread. And I don't know how that Luke, works. Luke, that could have been part of your issue. I mean, maybe. I was trying to use British recipes. Like, all ovens in the UK are fan ovens, so... Right. I didn't realize you guys didn't have fan ovens. No. No, it's it's not common here. Like, like if you upgrade your oven, you, the new ovens, like, usually have the option to, like, turn on convection, but it's, like, not normal here. Well, this is true. The last time I... When I cooked bread and it worked in my previous flat, it was a very new oven that worked well and had, like, perfect airflow and all that sort of stuff. And then this one, I'm cooking in quite an old oven that I really need to clean. Um, so maybe could that's be, also part of it. Yeah, the temperature could also not be accurate. Like, my oven here in Brooklyn is off by almost 50 degrees. So, oh. like, Whoa. I... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's, you know, Brooklyn... <laughs> Uh, so I always up, I always turn the, the oven temperature up essentially to as hot as it goes, which is 550 on the dial, but is only about 500 degrees. So, uh, from what I hear, you are in some of your DMs, which come from, obviously, as you said, every platform on the internet, some of your DMs also come from very specific group, uh, groups, uh, some of which include some interesting people. Yeah. <laughs> I like I've been hesitant to like talk about this publicly <laughs> because I'm so excited about it. Is this fortunately, uh, is this fortunately no one's listens to this? So. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is this an exclusive? I think this is an exclusive. I you know I've not tweeted about this or anything, but yes. um, <laughs> but uh, over the weekend I got added to a uh, Instagram DM group chat uh, by one of our former colleagues from BuzzFeed, uh, Emily who is a delightful food editor and writer and she wants to get into baking bread. And she was like, I'm just going to start a group chat with like some of my friends 
um, who I know bake good bread. So she went through this whole intro thing, like, this is, you know, so-and-so, they do so-and-so. This is Kate's, she works on the internet and bakes really pretty bread. And then, and then she was like, and this is Claire, <gasps> who has taught me really good recipes and is like a constant source of inspiration. And I looked and it's freaking Claire from Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, who I love. That's amazing. I love her so much. Like, I am so hard in the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen fandom uh, that, like, I definitely, like, gasped. You want to hear, like, a funny story about the Bon Appetit, like, whole thing? Sure. So, like, I think it was probably, like, a year ago, I got a message from, like, an old high school friend being like, I didn't know that you worked at Bon Appetit. And it was a video on my Facebook wall of It's Alive with Brad in, like, its first season. And the guy was like, oh, like, this guy sounds and looks just like you. And I was at first like, what is this? And then I watched his entire YouTube channel in like an hour span. I couldn't stop it's watching brilliant. it. The Brad Claire It's Alive sourdough recipe, I have watched it 30 times. And it's a 40-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have a real Brad Claire Vinny energy going on between mm. the three of us right now. Am I Vinny? I'm okay. Yeah, you'd be Vinny. Yeah, I, I think that's good. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the longest time, I was convinced that there was actually no Vinny, and Brad just called, Brad just called <laughs> no, every right. guy around him Vinny. <laughs> but Luke was a Vinny doesn't exist truther for like yeah. almost six months, and he'd be like, I'm convinced yeah, that he doesn't exist. Yeah, Vinny is just a stand-in for, for any cameraman who gets roped into doing this work. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> pronounce W-A-T-E-R. Okay, so... In my regional accent, which is Boston, it would be water. In his regional accent, which is Philadelphia, it would be water. <laughs> water. 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 I can't really do a Philly. Use John's want some water. I can't really do a Philly accent. It's really hard. Okay, Philly, Philly... Uh, Philly after the Eagles won is the only place I've ever seen get close to the humanitarian disaster of Tea in the Park. Uh, Luke, what explain is... Tea in the Park. Yeah, what is what is Tea in the Park? Tea in the Park is a British music festival that I believe is now fully cancelled forever because it 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 was so <laughs> it was so troubling. But it was essentially every <laughs> Scottish person who oh it was Scottish people. Okay, that's all. Oh you need yeah. To say. Oh yeah. <laughs> Scotland, the Philadelphia of the UK. <laughs> That's actually, no, Glasgow's the Philadelphia of the UK. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, there was a disaster. I'm trying to remember specific things about it. There was an awful lot of, there was a lot of fire. Uh, there were just p- p- pictures that always come out of just like guys naked and covered in shit. Um, yeah, and it's a mess. Uh, but then, you know, people kept dying. Like, a lot of people died. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like,. Yeah. I mean, wait, wait. What is a normal amount of deaths for a one. British music festival? Because I feel like that's a bar. One, probably. One. one. I think one, one year had like six. Oh. It was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Kate, so what is Claire's uh, DM chat style uh, like? I don't want to. I don't want to be a downer, but she hasn't chimed in yet. Oh, my friends had a similar experience when Monica Lewinsky briefly joined their ski ball team and then never showed up <laughs> yeah. for a single game. But you know, I assume, I assume she's she's you know in the test kitchen in her kitchen, which is now her test kitchen. Like she's busy. She's got her own life. She'll chime in eventually, and she'll compliment my bread. Maybe she'll follow me. Do Do you think you've got a happy of? like produce bread that's high quality enough to get her involved i mean define high quality well you know 
you're at like if you're at like a ninety eight percent, you've got to hit like ninety nine point five percent. You've got to really yeah. cross a line. Like if I could just get my crumb like ten percent more open, I think that would sway it. That sounds right, Kate. What if you're the new student at Oran <laughs> Test Kitchen, a slice of life anime where you have to work your way up the test kitchen ranks and impress you know, the head I, of class? I believe Claire. I read that fanfic. <laughs> uh, if anyone listening wants to sort the various cast members of Bon Appetit into anime archetypes and then send over that very elaborate chart to me, I'd be happy to publish it on any Please platform. Please CC me when that happens. P- Please do not CC yeah. me. <laughs> So, uh, Luke, it is it your is. turn. Let's and, and I think you I have do a food also thing have a food thing. Speak. Is that true? Uh, so, it's something that I've become obsessed with over the last few months, which is um, basically British tabloids who need infinite amounts of content in order to keep up their uh, arduous traffic goals uh, have done this thing where they've started to go to basically very basic Facebook groups and decide to create like recipes or, or well, not create recipes, but take up home cooks or you know, mom comes up with new recipe for x but the recipes are getting like increasingly insane because they're they're trying to make them simple so they're like oh it's a three ingredient recipe but it turns out three it's not a three ingredient recipe for kind of something that is it's crazy so the one i found today was the um a three ingredient recipe for an at-home mcflurry which obviously everyone wants because uh you know you can't go to mcdonald's but like if you were to come up with uh So, Oreo McFlurry, if you were to come up with three ingredients to go in it, what three ingredients would you come up with? Uh, okay, like, if I was going to just make a McFlurry yeah. at home, I would just get ice cream and I would put Oreos yeah. in it. And, like, that's, maybe like, maybe right? milk? Yeah, that's not how this is done. So, this is... So, so the recipe here is, is that you get, you get cream and condensed milk. Okay, that's two recipes. There's that's two, two ingredients. Two ingredients. Obviously, the third is, is Oreos. Uh, and no, that's it? but what you th- it's it's not good because you then you mix the cream and the milk together, uh, add the crushed Oreos, then leave it in the freezer for four to five hours until it freezes, and then just scoop it out. So wait, you're okay, just... okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> is is that just an, an ice cube made of Oreo yes. chunks of milk? Yeah. Like... So it's I so it's like a no churn ice cream. Kind yeah. of, only worse. Yeah, exactly. What was the tabloid headline for this uh, incredible the tabloid headline? Was uh, woman? Uh, this isn't great, but woman shares our at-home McFlurry recipe, and you only need three ingredients, which like is is technically true. Oh wait, 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 hold on. Which words in the headline are capitalized? Uh, oh, it's the mirror. It's none of them. Oh, okay, okay. Wrong <laughs> but you know, I have I have more of these because they are amazing. So the so next one is this this. A simple dessert anyone can make. Home cook shares her very and various capitalized. Oh easy, yes, <laughs> easy recipe for a three ingredient Nutella cake. Another three ingredients. Okay. Three ingredients for three ingredient Nutella cake. So what what are, you, what are you thinking? I hate where this is going. Also, no one can see this listening, but Kate's face, Kate's face <laughs> journey as you're describing this is like so good. <laughs> okay, wait, okay, wait. So it's three ingredients, and it's 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 what it's a Nutella. Just a Nutella cake. Okay. A can Nutella you answer cake. one question for me? Yeah. 
is Nutella one of the ingredients? <laughs> <laughs> Nutella is one of the ingredients. Okay. 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 Wait. Oh, uh, wait. Wait. Uh, can you tell me which platform this was sourced from? I feel like that could help us. Well. Uh, this is the Mail Online. Oh. No. Oh no. But are they taking it from Facebook? From Instagram? Uh, from I Facebook? believe this is a Facebook group. Okay. Facebook group. Yeah. Okay. So, Kate, t- correct me if I'm wrong, but to make cake, that alone takes three ingredients. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you need at least you need at least like flour and eggs, right? Or like, or like some. What should be like applesauce or something dumb? Like, so you guys are actually pretty close. It's Nutella, uh-huh. self-raising flour, and eggs, and oh. then you put them all in a slow cooker. Oh no! What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, That's you actually cake? you you had me until the slow cooker. So you're just it's like black sludge. You're just eating like depression sludge. <sighs> <laughs> well, it's slow cooked depression sludge. You, you've just you've just like slow cooked Nutella sludge to eat in your sadness bunker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to try and make it look nice, they have put a bit of icing sugar on top. That's a fourth. That's a fourth ingredient you, that breaks the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's. They've kind of lost their mind on that one a bit. Mm. Wait. Okay. Wait. You got you got one one. You got one more. I got I got. All right. I got two more. I'm gonna do one quickly because this is, okay, vaguely insane. Okay. So home cooks are losing their minds over mother's slow cooked spaghetti and garlic basket. What the fuck is going on with slow cooking in the UK right now? Wait. So it's it's spaghetti and what? Uh, it's a s- slow cooked spaghetti and garlic basket. What does that mean? Well, I'm just going to describe it because you won't. It is, it is, you know those uh, loaves of bread that you get uh, that are like pre-cut sliced garlic breads. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Are, so, no, so I like them. It's one of those, and then that's the outer in the slow cooker. Then you put a load of cheese on it. Then you put some spaghetti in it. Then you put some bolognese in it. Like and then like you uncooked, uncooked spaghetti, like raw spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on, wait. I, I need I need to like rewind the tape here for a sec because y- you're going to slow cook bread? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so soggy. You've just made you've just made oatmeal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you slow cook bread, you, if you slow cook garlic bread, you just have garlic oatmeal. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't like that. Okay, but Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you put the bread in the bottom, and then you put a layer <laughs> of cheese on top. Maybe the yep. cheese acts as like a barrier that like. Oh no no no! So the cheese goes around the edge. Oh. So 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 of the bread. No no no! Sorry, the bread goes around the edge. So the bread is like a a ring. Oh, and then oh. the cheese. Wait, and the cheese goes at the bottom. The cheese goes in the middle. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you're okay. Wait. Okay. Wait. I think. I, I think. I think. So Kate's oh, and I don't not, like Kate's that. and I, I have seen like photos that. of this, so we're, we're guessing here. <laughs> So basically, what you're describing is like to make a bread bowl out yep. of out of freezer garlic bread pieces. Yes. yes. Put them in a pot, fill it with cheese and spaghetti, and then slow cook that for how many hours? Uh, I think it's just an hour. This is a is, so it's not really a slow cooker so much as it is. Okay, so yeah, I have several questions. But my okay. first one is, like, why don't you just take 10 minutes to boil the spaghetti noodles? And... That's a great question. But, like, what? also, doesn't the cheese, isn't that going to get, like, really oily at the bottom? And, like, what happens if you just put raw spaghetti in an oven? 
Well, it's a slow cooker. It's not an oven. Well, and the moisture from the bolognese is gonna like cook the spaghetti noodles. But like, that's a bad recipe, and I don't like it. I'm, I'm I, I agree with you there. Okay, <laughs> wait. Do we have, we have a fourth one? Now? I have a fourth one, and, and this is astonishing. Home cook sends foodies wild with her two ingredient slow cooker roast recipe, and she says she'll quote never do it any other way. So two do you want ingredients. do you want to guess what the two ingredients are? What's the what's the outlet that's reporting this? Uh, this is Mail Online again. Okay. Two, two ingredient is in caps. If that two ingredient two ingredient is in caps. I'm gonna say it's just like uh, I'm gonna say it's just like a hunk of lamb and some potatoes. Okay, so the the potatoes are on as a side dish. So the potatoes aren't involved. <laughs> it is something that's done to the roast itself. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so just like a roast, like a cut of meat of some kind, and then like, it's probably like, like, fucking like, do y'all have like Old Bay? Like, it's it, like a seasoning packet. It's probably just I like mean, a seasoning packet. I mean, that's or kind salt. of salt. That's kind of close. So it's a, a silver side, so it's beef. Uh huh. And a jar of a chicken tonight's honey and mustard sauce. <gasps> oh! It's what? Then, it's then placed in a slow cooker on low for eight hours. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh my god. Slow cooking beef in honey mustard for eight hours? That's like Oh my god. Does does do, oh god. Oh my god. Okay, everything about me being a vegan hates me for this question. But does it at least call for you to brown the beef first? It does like not. To, oh jeez. Oh. It's just like a beef milkshake that tastes <sighs> like mustard. Why what honey tastes of honey mustard? mustard? What, I, d- like, I, I don't know. There's oh. so many better sauces. Use barbecue sauce. Use tomato sauce. The what UK the has fuck? some of my favorite condiments in the world. Peri peri sauce goes on everything. It's like a South African sriracha. It's delicious. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is so no. But Kate, so Kate's backing me up here. This is so wild that like. Dino tendies level recipes are like being published in like UK publications. Yeah, and like, yeah, this is bad. This like is for, some, the, for I those who want... aren't familiar. Dino tendies is a user of the 4chan cooking board CK. He has a pet possum. Kate and I are massive fans of him. I would say we're Dino tendies stands. Really, yes. If he had a Patreon, which he might actually, I should check. Like, I would I think contribute to that. I think he does have it. Yeah. And like he essentially makes like disgusting food in a bombed out house with a possum. Sure. And this is the level that's going into like the recipes that the mail online is publishing. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Although okay. this one comes with sweet corn as well. As a side. you brought to the group so uh i wanted to i wanted to spice up the the show this week by talking to some outside voices uh so first up i spoke to uh callan rosenblatt she's a reporter for nbc news and i've been you know like when you like follow someone on twitter and you just like see them like talking about a thing over several weeks and then you're like what's the deal with that sure i wanted i want to talk to her about the fact that she is like a very hardcore lady gaga stan and the lady gaga community has been going completely nuts because the new Lady Gaga album has been delayed for quarantine. 
So I wanted to bring you on the show this week to talk about something that I've been noticing via your Twitter feed for like about two weeks now, which the best <laughs> way I could describe it is like the slow motion car crash of Lady Gaga stands realizing that they will not be getting their new album anytime soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It has been a it has been agonizing as a stand to realize how long it's going to take for us to get this album um <laughs> although i i think some fans are, are trying to bite their tongues a little bit now uh she announced that um you know she's been working to raise money for coronavirus relief and so we're like oh we can't really complain about this now that the <laughs> album's delayed but we really want to so so it's a little bittersweet right now. So, what do you think are the reasons why she's holding it back? Do you think it? Do you think it wasn't ready to begin with when like she when she said it was going to be? Like, are there conspiracy theories about this? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the the biggest conspiracy theory, or the you know the biggest rumor that was going around, or that uh, little monsters were talking about, was really that they were concerned that she was mostly concerned with sales and and streaming. Um. Mm. I do think for the most part. Yes, the album was ready, although, you know, personally, I wouldn't put it past her to have it not have been ready. Um, <laughs> and we were also like, you know, you you got to release this album because she, I mean, she she has more leaks than than the White House. I mean, like her stuff leaks constantly. So she we're like, if you don't put it out, it's going to come out one way or another. Um, but yeah, initially, I think the thought process was you know, we're all in quarantine, um, you know, people aren't maybe listening to stuff on the way, their way to work or aren't purchasing, th purchasing things as much as they typically do. Although I think that's wrong. I think everyone is time and money and nothing to do. So yeah, totally. I think great to release it now. Um, but yeah, so I think that was sort of the mindset that we're like, this is kind of like a, like a cash grab. But I think again, the, the thinking has shifted or she's able to change the narrative a little bit because of this announcement, the, um, the global citizens, uh, concert that she's curating, whatever the hell that means. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, now we're kind of like, okay, maybe that, that really is what she's been doing this whole time is, is she has just been working, um, on this sort of like activist relief effort. Um, but I can still tell you that people, they're not thrilled still. So, okay, it's been a long time since I've checked in on the Lady Gaga fandom. I feel <laughs> I feel like maybe my last experience with them was kind of like 2012 or 2013 when they were doing like a lot of psyops around the internet and like being just completely berserk. Yes. What is the current discourse like? What, what, what does it mean to be a Lady Gaga fan in 2020? I mean, I, I think it's a lot of things. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of... Um sort of infighting within the fandom. I mean, one of the more recent, uh, you know, issues that we saw were people arguing about the fact that Gaga has her residency Enigma in Las Vegas. And so, you know, rather than her, her touring, um, you know, people were getting angry at her for for being sort of in this stationary position. Um, and there's a lot of fighting between her international fans and her domestic fans in the United States over that. Ah, uh, yes, the, um, uh, the the Come to Brazil Brigade were pretty, pretty yes, upset about it. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And so there, there's a lot of fighting. And, you know, you see these big stan accounts like Gaga Daily getting in fights with uh, smaller stan accounts or individuals. Um, so it, it still is a place that can be, a, you know, a little bit toxic at times. Um, and, and there's also just, I think, 
more embracing of the fact that Gaga is a total troll. Um, you know, <laughs> back in the day, I think people were like, you know, what is she doing? Like, why does she say all this crazy shit online? And now I think they're kind of embracing her, you know, like, um, like, uh, rumors I'm pregnant yeah I'm pregnant with LG6 like those tweets people just go crazy for now and love and are just like really embracing the fact that she's she's like a real troll um interesting and just kind of enjoying that about her so yeah there's there's still a lot of toxicity within the standom as there are with many standoms um but it's also I mean like we haven't gotten a, a studio album since Joanne and a lot of stands don't look at A Star Is Born as like uh, uh, you know, an album that Gaga put out. No, that was no, like a, no. An, an era, quote unquote, because that's what they call every segment of her her career. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, there we're we haven't been fed in so long, and we are so hungry, so we are just dying for anything for this woman to release. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like I mean, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like with quarantine now and all the self isolation, that the Stan accounts are becoming incredibly restless. And in my mind, kind of going back to the chaotic period of 2012, 2013, where they're they're operating in like weird campaigns and they're doing mm-hmm. strange stuff and they they seem completely berserk and kind of a in kind of a nice way. I kind of missed it, to be to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know what? Like all we have is time to kill. Right. And like even <laughs> even journalists who are continuing to, to do their jobs, like we still have an absurd amount of time on our hands and so i'm noticing things like um and i kind of think they would have figured this out regardless but i'm convinced people are just sitting on her page on her website refreshing it because they were able to see that she put up a um she put up her album cover like a low-res version of her album cover uh on one of the one of the areas where you can purchase it and then it immediately went down but you can't do that when you have insane stands like little monsters who are Ah, monitoring everything constantly so they were able to get a grab of this album cover circulate it and then lo and behold like a 24 hours later she released the album cover so yeah i think in terms of like just just the extremely online-ness of her fans you know they're they're monitoring everything i mean they are each and each stan account is like a mini tmz that's dedicated to gaga and they're gonna find every time she slips up and releases something or says something that's out of the norm or her team does something that's out of the norm i mean they've been able to find um you know they were able to figure out that a music video which i assume became stupid love was being filmed for what we all call lg6 which then became chromatica because they were trolling the hashtags saw that a dancer hashtag (laughs) lg6 on her instagram story and then it was shared by her choreographer and then within a minute or two both of them had to take that post down you know there i love that i love that like uh little monsters are doing like belling cat level and like osint journalism to find out like who's recording what that's fantastic oh yeah oh yeah i mean you you cannot slip when it comes to little monsters they will find it and they they have nothing better to do i mean even when they're not in quarantine this is what they're doing <laughs> so if people want to find you on the internet and follow your fantastic coverage of web culture tiktok culture standum and all of the crevices between uh where, where should they find you uh you can find me on twitter my handle is at callan r that's k-a-l-h-a-n is in nancy and r is in robert Have you guys been noticing, and like Kate's especially, I feel like, because you're, you're sort of tapped into Tumblr, 
Have you been noticing like stand communities getting like completely out of control in the last month? They're definitely like the level has accelerated. <laughs> I feel like they're hornier. They oh, have yeah. more free time. Yeah. And there's no, like, no new content. So they're just like attacking each other. Well, to be fair, like the quality of edits and fan art has skyrocketed. I saw an, uh, I, okay, I don't want to admit this, but <laughs> I, I saw an Avengers edit, like a, an Avengers gift set on Tumblr the other day that like made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like all the avengers and there was like a it was like a color scheme and i looked at it and i was in like a pretty soft soft space emotionally and it really got me i mean it's all of the avengers content around and it feels like there's been a lot over the last few because it all made me quite emotional because well, we're the one year anniversary of endgame right is that what's going on we are at the one year anniversary of endgame that would make sense yeah wow endgame that was the last time that i felt like good i think you felt good during Endgame? Well, I mean, Luke and I... Plan- so Luke and I saw it together. I flew to the UK to watch it with Luke. Right. And we were going to see it at 3 p.m. And we woke up and it was like 10.30. And we were like, oh, what do we do? So we just went to the pub f- from 11 to 3. That's straight up the most like stressful like five hours. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we couldn't... We couldn't look we, at the internet. We did The thing is, we hadn't seen the midnight showing. Because the midnight showing had been all the previous night. So we were walking around like panicked that we were going to sit down next to someone at a pub or walk mm. past someone who was going yeah. to spoil us right and we like, couldn't look at our phones and it was we just had to talk to each other it was really awful we, we had to sit basically what we did was we we walked for a while just like walked yeah. through london <laughs> in the middle of the day and we finally got to a pub next to the movie theater at like i want to say maybe 12 no no oh i remember this we looked at our phones briefly and it was eleven forty-five, and we still had about three hours to go. So we sat at a pub across the street from the movie theater and we couldn't look at our phones. We just had to drink and talk to each other for three hours. I'm so sorry. So by the time we saw the movie, we were like out of control. Like it was just, it was was just out of control. So, um, I also, uh, wanted to bring in my friend and former colleague, Cassie Cho this week to talk about, uh, astrology because I've been told as a Scorpio, uh, you know, I'm reacting in a certain way to the quarantine compared to other signs. And I wanted to talk to her about um, how astrology is not real. And I don't believe her, even though she continually tries to red pill me on it. Uh, Cassie, I wanted to bring you on this week to talk about something that you and I DM about all the time. And I still really do not know anything about, which is astrology memes. I feel like we should actually talk about your journey and like how I basically red pilled you into like astrology memes. <laughs> okay, let's start there. So you <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the turning point? <laughs> I feel like you sent me a meme about the fact that I'm a Scorpio that was very, very accurate to a point where it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, and then you started sharing them, and then you told me that you were red pilled. This was like what, like maybe three months after? I don't know. I think it took about three months. Yeah, I think there was a three month period where all of a sudden um, I started to maybe believe it. I don't know if I believe it, but I also feel like the memes are just very basic personality memes. Like, explain to me why a zodiac me meme means something more than like just you know introverts or extroverts or whatever. I guess, you know, like, I don't, like, 
you know, the moon rolls like a lot of things, like periods <laughs> and tides. Yeah. I just feel like there is probably some truth in terms of like, you know, when, you know, your sign is, your moon sign is a certain sign and, you know, when the, where the moon is when you're born. So I feel like in some respect, it does kind of, you know, influence your personality. It's like generic enough, but at the same time, like weirdly specific to who I am as a person. You know, like me as a Taurus, I'm just like looking at stuff and it's like, you like to take naps. And literally, like, I am taking a nap like half the day. You do, you do nap tired, a lot. And you, then, you nap a lot. That's true. Yeah. Is that a Taurus you, thing? You, you do call Taurus them like is... depression naps. Yeah, it's it's a Taurus thing to like just like nap all the time and like eat food and just like <laughs> sleep and rest and live a good life and have good taste in things, you know? So who who what what is the worst sign? Like what sign should everyone avoid? Oh my god, if I say this, like people are gonna get really mad at me, but like obviously Gemini <laughs> and also Scorpios because you're just like you know, going around being mis trying to be mysterious but then like not really, you know? Is and is trying it, to like sabotage people. Is it a Scorpio question? to ask what the worst sign is yeah totally that's like a scorpio thing to do like it's <laughs> almost like you're proud of the fact that you're the worst sign <laughs> okay so in the world of like online astrology stuff because it's it's very big it's very popular i feel like what are some good places to get astrology content like wh who's doing the best stuff right now um well you know that i love like costar for their push notifications every day Today it told me that it's okay to feel shit, but not to wallow in it. <laughs> okay. So that's okay. nice and helpful, I guess. Um, and then I really like all of these like Instagram accounts, um, the Instagram like astrology meme accounts on Instagram. So obviously, like one of the biggest ones is Not All Gemini's. I don't know if you follow that one. Uh, you've sent me a lot of stuff from Not All Gemini's. What, what, I, okay, I think we need to we need, we need to pull this apart. What's the deal with Gemini's? Because I see so much anti-Gemini content and I do not understand what it means. Basically, like, Gemini's are like the twin signs. So they are like uh, two-faced is like the mm. general conception. And so they're very scattered and they can be like one thing to you and then like turn on you secretly behind your back because, you know, they're two-faced. Interesting. So that, that's like the main thing. They talk a lot of shit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, astrology is real. You're, you're, you're red-pilling me on it again. I'm sick of this. Uh, who, who, which, <laughs> which sign has the worst time with quarantine? Like, which sign really can't handle quarantine? Mm, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I think, like, maybe... I would definitely say, like, a sign that requires a lot of, like people contact you know like being in touch with people and like being able to do things maybe gemini's mm. um maybe sagittarius because like gemini's like like to like talk to people and like have fun i think that a lot of signs are like more introverted and they're okay with just like spending time on their own and like in their own heads versus like the more extroverted signs of just like need attention <laughs> I, based on what you've said today about Gemini's, I feel like this quarantine could be really helpful for them. And maybe it could be a, a moment of growth and personal journey for them to stop being so two-faced and awful. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> and being able to like handle their own company instead of like trying to like have to deal with other people, you know, have to like project that onto other people. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I just love astrology, you know. Um, Cassie, if people want to follow you on the internet, what is the best place to do that? Um, on Instagram, I'm at Cassie K A S S Y, but that's also the same on Twitter. So you can follow me at those places where I will be probably tweeting more Gemini slander. <laughs> Fantastic. Kates? 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 Yeah? Are you into astrology? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, technically, I'm a Leo. Okay. What is that? But I'm definitely not a Leo is the problem. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't generally give a shit about my hair. Like, I'm not loud and flamboyant and extroverted. But those are all Leo characteristics. That being said, Mm. my mom and my sister are definitely Aquariuses, and my brother is a hard Gemini Cancer cusp. According to Cassie, um, Geminis are the worst, and and this podcast should be an anti-Gemini space. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love my brother dearly, but uh, you got to get rid of him. You, but you can't Gemini's, see him. Gemini's, man, Gemini's. They like. I've heard that they're very two faced, and apparently they're reacting the worst to quarantine because they need constant attention. Yeah, that checks out. Luke, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm just there's a lot of uh, astrology content around, and I don't understand any of it. Uh, I am, a, <laughs> I believe, I believe I'm an Aquarius, which I think makes me very like emotionally in tune, which doesn't sound. I've right. never seen any proof of that. No. Uh, I would not argue that Aquariuses are emotionally in tune. Is that not what I... I I mean, I don't... I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome to the second installment of Julia's Hot Take with my friend Julia Alexander, who is infamous for having incredibly spicy takes. <laughs> and we, you have a pretty spicy one. Well, I agreed with you last time you were on the show. I don't think, unless you can convince me through some Herculean effort, I don't think I'm going to agree with you at the end of this. So let's, um, let's get into it. Julia, what's your, what's your spicy take this week? I've said this to many people, and no <laughs> one agrees with me, but I know in my heart of hearts that it is accurate and objectively correct and that is that the martha scene which is the most like climactic moment in Zack snyder's 2016 masterpiece <laughs> batman v batman v superman dawn of justice is maybe the greatest superhero scene of all time okay let's that is just an objective opinion not even opinion that's just an objective fact let's let's take this step by step first we're talking about batman versus superman dawn of justice is that what it's called yeah and it's great because it's not versus it's it's batman v superman it's like a weird court case oh okay okay and we're talking about the scene in the movie in which they both realize that their moms are named Mark. Let me set up for you this beautiful moment. So throughout the entire movie, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is doing his thing in Gotham. Right. And then Clark Kent, who's Superman, is doing his thing in Metropolis. And they know about each other. Because Superman, not- Superman is 9-11 in this movie, right? 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's hating on Superman. And he's like, it's a whole situation. There's okay. a lot happening with Superman. But the but Bruce Wayne is kind of the person that's like, this guy's a menace to society, and I hate him. And Clark Kent hates Batman. He's like, oh, I hate that guy. He's the worst. So they hate each other. The entire movie, their whole purpose is like to kill one another. That is right. that is basically their whole setup. Finally, they get into this huge fight scene. So they're fighting. He right when Bruce Wayne gets him where he wants him, and he's speaking in his low voice, and he's like, "I'm Batman, I'm gonna kill you." Uh, right when that happens, he's about to murder him, and then Clark Kent goes, "Save Martha," and Bruce Wayne stops, and he goes, <laughs> "Why did you say that name?" And he just repeats, "Save Martha, they're gonna kill Martha." It's Bruce Wayne keeps yelling, why is that name? Finally, Amy Adams runs in from out of nowhere right. at Lois Lane. Because she's been missing what? essentially the entire second act of the movie, if I recall. Yeah, she f- f- manages to hunt them down, runs in and goes, that's his mother's name. <laughs> and then Bruce Wayne realizes their moms have the same name. And I kid you not, they become friends 30 seconds later. Right. And this is all, okay, I think I want to clarify for everyone listening that in your mind... This is all good. It's phenomenal. It's I genuinely have the YouTube clips queued up and on my computer at any given moment because it brings me so much joy to watch. The other favorite scene I have in that movie is when <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good scene. It's when Superman approaches Batman and he's like, uh, the next time you like, I, I, I can't remember the line, but it's like the next time you see the light, your light in the sky, don't go to it. The bat is dead. Consider this a warning. And then Batman replies with, tell me, do you bleed? And then goes, <laughs> you will. The do you bleed, you will scene for me reminds me of maybe my favorite 4chan thing of all time, which is the Bane uh, big man for you thing. Do you know about this? Yeah. For people listening, if you're not familiar, basically there's there's this incredible thing in the third Nolan Batman where I guess the edit, I think the editing was wrong because the Bane says, this will hurt. And then Littlefinger's like, you're a big man. And then Bane finishes his line from the previous cut and says, for you, which basically means <laughs> the way they've done it is that Bane is saying, I'm a big, he's a big man for him. And it's like completely nonsensical. And it's I rewatched that movie recently, and it's one of the many scenes that are edited in such a bizarre way because I think they were condensing two movies into one. And so yeah. the whole movie is like completely scattershot and strange. The great thing about that is that Bane, Tom Hardy kept his Bane voice the entire way through. The, the, the most amazing part about the Ben Affleck Batman, do you bleed, you will, is that he goes from doing Bruce Wayne in the span of 30 seconds. He goes Bruce Wayne and then a Batman, which is like, do, do you bleed? And then, and no, he goes, yeah, he goes, do you, and then he goes into, you will. It's like three different voices. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Ben Affleck should have just done like a really thick Boston accent only for Batman. So like as Bruce Wayne, he's just like, hey, I'm so Bruce bad. Wayne. And then Batman's like, hey, I'm the fucking Batman, dude. Like check out my ears and my cape and my cowl guy. I'm going to beat the shit out of this space alien, dude. Yeah, I'm the fucking Batman, <laughs> dude. That would be, that would have been good. <laughs> So so for people listening, there is a theory that a full cut of what Zack Snyder intended the Justice League to be exists, and it would have 
led it would have directly gone from Batman v Superman Dom Justice into Snyder Cut and it would have just been like a complete story. Do you think that that exists? I believe that there is a bunch of footage that Zack Snyder has messed around mm. with and I think if he was given time, could make it into a version of his own Justice League. I don't think there's a full-on cut in the way that we think of, like, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner cut or, or like, a Scorsese cut. I think he he has footage, because you always have footage left on the cutting room floor uh, that I'm sure he can do. I watched Zack Snyder do a commentary on Vero, which is uh, an app that only he and his (laughs) stands use. And all they do is they keep up with the Snyder cut conspiracy, and he'll post a photo, and he's like, a cut you say and then they lose their minds and that's what he does every day but he did a three-hour commentary of batman v superman and everyone tuned in and he ended it by saying "Hmm, this movie's great they should do a sequel to it and i was like i was like this guy was like the kevin feige of warner brothers and now he's dunking on warner brothers in an app only used by fanatics Like that's where we're at. Uh, no, this is this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. And once again, uh, if they want to follow your tweets, uh, it's at Loudmouth Julia, right? Yeah, and I just want to say thank you for letting me do this. I told my coworkers that you wanted to hear my takes, and they all unanimously went wild. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I'm very appreciative of it. You didn't convince me that the Martha scene is good, but you definitely made me rethink some things about Batman and Superman, <laughs> and I feel like that's a step in the right direction. So. Uh, this is a this is a segment we do every week, which is we talk about the content that we're consuming to stay sane. Um, so, Kate's, what content are you consuming to stay sane? I've been playing Red Dead Redemption. I am emotionally invested in these idiots, and I have very strong feelings about all of the characters. How emotionally invested in your horse are you? Oh, I so I have two main horses. George was my first one, and I love him. Um, but then I found an Appaloosa. And I named her Gwen, and she's not as fast, but I'm at max bonding with her as well, and I love her. She's perfect. All the horses, all the horses are so good. Yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. do you find it impressive that when it gets cold, the horses' testicles shrink? <laughs> I just like seeing the horses just like shitting in the street. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's great. Um, I I won't I won't say why, but I will say that when the game ended for Luke, we had to go to the pub and he had to talk about the game at me for about two hours, and it felt very strange because like he had so many emotions about his cowboy, but his cowboy is not real, and no, but... yet the pain that or the emotions that Luke felt were very real. Yes, had, the emotion, so like, emotions. It's, it's funny to get like really emotionally invested in a video game. Like I only recently started playing video games again after you know like not essentially not playing them for like 15 years and there have been a couple of games that like have fucked me up and i think red red dead redemption 2 is really gonna like mess me up for a couple of days that's how i that's how i felt about sonic adventure 2 (laughs) when when shadow is revealed to be the prototype for the ultimate life form oh god really fucked me up um spoilers yeah so yeah Luke, what content are you consuming to stay safe? Uh, I haven't really moved on from last week, sadly. Like I, I, I'd love to um, do another wait, just total wild card. But let's let's pretend like we don't have any listeners for this podcast, and it's totally just a self indulgent passion project. 
<laughs> what were you talking about last week in terms of content? <laughs> uh, last week was uh, the Robert Caro books. Ah, uh, yes. books. You were reading yeah. about the president, Lyndon B. Johnson, who you said was yeah. your favorite American president because he's yeah. an asshole. Yeah. And then before that, it was uh, the video games. And before that, it was the laser books. Yeah, Laser you... books? Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Luke um, dropped a bombshell a couple weeks ago where he, we asked him what he was reading or listening to or whatever. And he said, oh, I'm reading books about lasers. Oh. Yeah. Just like really hard sci-fi books, like a lot of lasers where like they're telling the plots and then they get distracted with the idea of, of just like exactly how powerful the lasers are and like which armor. Uh, it's it's they're really bad. It's great. Have you read have you read Children of Time? No, apparently it's quite good. And oh, don't like, indulge my, him. Don't my, do my, this. My, my line for these books is like, they shouldn't be good. They should be actively oh, okay. bad. Yeah. Like, that's what I enjoy. He only wants like really technical bad fiction that involves lasers or Lyndon B. Johnson, apparently. Well, no, the Lyndon B. Johnson book's good. That's oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I can't really I can't really talk because uh, the content that I've been consuming lately, and I've been debating whether I was even going to admit this, but I'm ready to talk about it, which is that, um, the, so are you familiar with the rapper Machine Gun Kelly? He had a small, he had a, he had a, he had a small uh, plot in the Netflix movie Bird Box. <laughs> He's, Let's, yeah, we're familiar with the rapper Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Machine Gun Kelly has been going through a bit of an aesthetic metamorphosis over the last couple of weeks or months, and I've been incredibly fascinated by this, and I've been spending a lot of time trying to figure out what exactly is going on with him. But the best I can tell is that, by the way, he's, uh, I think he's my age, so I think he's, I think he's about 29 or 30. Uh, and he's been a rapper for many years, and he recently, I think, decided to pivot into like a pop-punk guy. And so he's now making like pop punk songs, and he most recently released a quarantine music video that it was a cover of Paramore of a Paramore song with Travis Barker on the drums remotely. And I feel like my entire brain is just like turning to mush at the idea that like this like twenty nine year old very fake hard white rapper has decided to just like in his thirties pivot to being Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, that sounds awful, and I'm really glad that i haven't heard that so far <laughs> yeah i love th- i love that for you ryan i love that for you <laughs> i'm like I, I i i i've been like reaching out to people like you know who <laughs> who like that kind of music i'm like yo like what's going on with machine gun kelly because like i and it seems like there's like a tiktok component to this as well i really i really can't wrap my head around it but like do you have do you have any bleach because you consider you should consider shaving your beard and bleaching your hair and doing a machine gun kelly thing i mean it, maybe it's not too late for me, and maybe I can play Warp Tour, you know? Kate, <laughs> uh, um, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Kate. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This has been a delight to hear another human being's voice. Kate, if you had to say, if if, if you uh, if you had to pick like your favorite thing real quick on Tumblr that you've seen since you've been in lockdown, anything come to mind? Oh, okay. So yes, one hundred percent cozy Tumblr. Um, like and like, sorry to plug this. It's something that I worked on, but uh, like at Tumblr we like created a brand new blog that is all just like like positive feel good like cozy shit it's like <laughs> it's like cottage core and like cute any, animals any moss any moss on there oh yeah moths mushrooms sick yeah 
I found a new uh, I found a new moss blog. It's like the daily your daily moss or something like that, and it's just pictures of moss like once a day at five p.m. It's perfect. That's that's sick. I've actually been really getting into rain videos. Mm. Just like videos of the rain in different sure. places. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find them soothing. Um, cool, uh, Kate. If people want to follow you on the internet, what's the best place for them to do? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at, at Katesish. Uh, and then my Tumblr is adulthood is okay. And that's where I'm most active, to be honest. Luke, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite Lyndon B. Johnson fact that you've learned since lockdown? I mean, learn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It's not about facts. It's about an energy. What's your favorite Lyndon B. Johnson anecdote? I mean, the one of him just talking to people while shitting on the toilet is still was always great. Like that's remains a great power move that I'm sad I haven't been able to incorporate in my own life yet. Uh, Luke, if people want to follow you on the internet, where can they follow you? Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm bad at life, and I'm Ryan Broderick, and you can follow me on uh, on Twitter uh, at Broderick. And um, thank you for listening. Um, good luck making bread, everyone. You need it. <laughs> <laughs>